From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Luther talks to us about why knowing and setting expectations are important when you start a new job, her mindset during unexpected unemployment and how it helped her rediscover a passion for our profession, and the importance of owning who you are and finding your value. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Buley. Coach Buley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was to try to get a crack into this this profession. And uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. If you're a strength coach or trainer and tired of using Excel, then you need to check out Team Builder. You already know who they are. Team Builder is the online strength conditioning software for strength coaches and personal trainers. No matter what your setting is or how many athletes you're training, you can log into Team Builder and write programs, build questionnaires, and access athlete and client performance data. Go completely paperless and program through Team Builder's TV mode, their weight review function, or the mobile app that comes free with every subscription. Start your 14-day trial for free today by using the promo code CHALK, that's promo code C-H-A-L-K, to become part of the hashtag Team Builder Nation alongside with six NCAA national champions, three NCAA runner-ups, Super Bowl champions, and many other championship teams. With affordable subscriptions for personal trainers to personal organizations and professional organizations, everything in between, Team Builder is a company that puts the customer first. If you're still not convinced, schedule a 30-minute demo with Team Builder Expert on teambuilder.com and see what they could offer you. Hewitt and the staff at Team Builder are standout individuals and their product is phenomenal. Check them out. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, we are joined by Coach Ariana Luther. She is currently an assistant strength and conditioning coach at the University of Miami. Prior to this, she was an assistant strength and conditioning coach at the University of Nevada. She's also had stops at Texas Christian University, the University of Central Florida, Montana State University, 
Exos and Lindenwood University. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about your role at the University of Miami? Yeah. So technically October of this year um, will be going on year three. So I've been with women's soccer, swimming and diving and rowing. So it fluctuates, but it's a total of close to 90 to 95 athletes there that I'm in charge of all of those bodies, making sure that they're ready to go for a sport. So um, that's my responsibility amongst other things. We were trying to bring in some interns on some volunteer positions and then a couple of paid positions, which will actually post pretty soon. So we'll see um, what we get there. But yeah, so managing all of the internship side of things with a few of my uh, coworkers on the Olympic side as well. So, yeah, that's awesome. And so you're while wow, you're going on year three, that's you've been there for a while, but over the, throughout the time of COVID, I had a change in, in, in work location. I, I I'm going on a year actually, I think this week at where I'm at now in eight years is somewhere else before. And a lot of us are changing locations and like teams that we're working with and everything throughout this last couple of years. What's one of the first things that you look to establish when you get to a new, a new place, like with the athletes and the coaches and just being on a, a new staff as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, relationships, you know, is the obvious one, just making sure that those are established when you come and walk through the doors and just knowing, you know, I think it, it's a cool opportunity because you come in and you're new. And I remember when I first started, there's like our where our weight room is and our athletic training, physical therapy. I would get lost all the time. And people, I'm just like, y'all can just laugh at me. It's okay. <laughs> like, I, but it was it was it was good because I'm getting lost, but I'm building relationships with people like, hey, can you tell me where so and so is? Or, you know, so I think um just taking oppor- those opportunities to build that with your athletic trainers and your physical therapists um, that are assigned to your sport. And as well as your coaches, you know, setting up meetings and expectations, I think is the biggest like first step because a lot of probably frustrations that anybody has in life comes from unmet expectations or maybe uh, an expectation that you had no idea was an expectation. So going over what are the expectations with coaches and, and athletic trainers and everybody else who plays a role. Um, on whatever staff you're on. Um, so establishing those from the front end and then getting to show like your personality and who you are. This is this is me. This is how I operate. And um, allowing people to really see that too um, so that you can continue to build that throughout the year as you begin. Definitely. And I, I think expectations is is always important. And could you talk a little bit about how those conversations go with the head sport coach. Cause I know expectations between the athletes and, and the strength coach can be pretty clear cut. You know, you have ways you go about things in the weight room, but there's always a conversation that you're going to have to have with the head sport coach. And I know if you have good head sport coaches, like that relationship is an asset and it can really help you out. But I've also, I'm not going to lie. I've been a part of a, uh, other teams where you just butt heads with the head head sport coach. And it's just, it can make things more difficult than they should be. So how does that conversation with the the head sport coach come when it comes to expectations in the weight room? 
Yeah. I think a couple of things I'm learning too, as of late would be getting on their level and, and trying to ask what they're trying to accomplish on the side of strength and conditioning. Like, what are you looking for from me? What do you see my role as being for you? How can I, how do you see the strength and conditioning coach adding value to your team? What does that look like for you? And I think just opening up the floor on that front, you can get a lot of information and just, cause you're just sitting, you're listening, you're, I'm practicing active listening and I'm just collecting information. So I'm collecting this information. What are they looking for? And then give them a chance to talk about expectations as well. What, it, what do you expect from your players? What does that look like? And then how do you want that to be reinforced on my end in the weight room um, as well? And so I think it's a good opportunity to really start gathering that information and then, and then go forth with it. No, definitely. And what does it look like with the relationship with the staff? Cause you've been, you have quite a, a career that's been to multiple, you know, universities and most of us do. We've been a lot of spots, especially when we're starting out. You've been lucky enough to be at a very, you know, a very nice university and you guys got this brand new weight room. It's you guys are putting up those videos and it's great. So what, what goes into like when you're interviewing somewhere where we're lucky enough to be in a position where it's we're interviewing them as much as they are interviewing us to make sure it's the right fit. So what are you looking for typically when you are trying to find somewhere else to be, or like when you went to the university of Miami, what, what was what were some things you were looking for? Yeah, I think coming into University of Miami was a unique situation because I, so I had a different lens as well because I was coming from a place where I didn't have a job. Um, I had was laid off at University of Nevada due to COVID and our budget cuts. And so I think it's, you have a different point of view. Either you're having, you already have a job and you're looking for one and then not having a job and trying to get one brings two different lenses to the picture. So I think the situation that I was in um, was unique. And I think it was like, I probably had a piece of myself that was like, dang, like any job I can, I can get at this point. Cause we, at the time didn't even know if sports were going to continue. Like we were in that weird, all the football seasons were getting canceled and we were in this like thought process. I feel like as a whole, where it was like, are sports even going to go on? Cause if not, why would I stay in this profession? And it was just a weird time where no one had answers to anything about COVID. And so it was just strange, but, um, and I was nervous too. I was like, even if I get this job at the, at the U, um, I could walk in and football season gets canceled and run into the same problem that happened at Nevada. And so I was nervous. I was like, man, like that's a gamble. You accept the job, you go. And then if the season gets canceled, like you're probably, there's going to be some layoffs potentially. Um, And so that was a risk that I took and sports, praise the Lord, continued on for for us um, and everybody else so that we could have jobs and continue forward. So, um, but yeah, I think the questions that you ask, you're trying to, again, gather information to make sure that you're a good fit there too. Um, how, how an institution operates, what's administration like, how do they operate typically? Like what does decision-making look like? Um, where do you see 
uh, value in our athletic department? Like, where does our, where do we place our value? Um, do we see us valuing our employees more so, or do, you know, is it just about the new gadgets that we can get in the new, um, technologies and things like that? Like what, where do you see, you know, and you can ask other strength coaches, these questions. Um, so it depends who's in the room, of course, but and kind of gather that information because that's going to tell you what your life is going to look like when you accept this position. So it's good to gather that um, and then make your decisions accordingly too. So. No, I, I think that's some great advice and it's good to, you know, like you said, take a look and see how they treat their employees or how they get valued the strength staff or whatnot. And I think it's, it's all very relevant information that goes into the decision of whether or not to apply. Now, you did bring up the fact that, you know, uh, COVID caused a layoff at Nevada and it happened not just in Nevada, it happened in a lot of different places. What was your what was your self-talk like? I know because I I've been on staffs that have not been retained or like been fired. And um, what got you through? that part. Cause it's a very real part of our profession. I don't like it. And it doesn't happen to everybody, but it does happen to most. So what was your self-talk like going from not, you know, not at Nevada anymore. And like, do you continue on the strength conditioning or like, do you try to find a different version of that? Right. Yeah. I think so during that time too, I was, um, so I, my faith aspect of myself is something that's key for me um, as a coach and as a person. And so during that time, I was actually doing a fast, not from food, but I was um, doing a fast from all media at the time, like anything that you could watch on TV. I wasn't listening to literally any music. Um, I think the exception was like a podcast, like I could listen to like a sermon or um uh, something strength and conditioning, but other than that, no Instagram, Twitter, TV, nothing. So really like silencing all, any kind of noise that could be around me and in my brain, even, you know, and really narrowing in like, okay, what is it that, that you really want and spending time with God and prayer? Like, what do these next steps look like for you? Um, and where can, where am I going to be impactful? So that's honestly what carried me through was my faith and really spending time, like honing in, in the mornings, like having quiet time, um, to carry like my, that's how I make my decisions. Like I don't make my decisions based off of what I want. Um, and so I, I, I asked God, like, where do you want me to be? And so that's tough. Cause you know, like I said, we didn't know sports were going to continue on. So I'm like, okay, um, do I go in, a, do I continue on collegiate or maybe do I try and, you know, be an entrepreneur and do this thing myself that I've never done before. I have, you know, I haven't gone, I don't have an NBA. I know you can do it without one, but I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I have a business brain. Like, what does that look like if I tried to go and get clients and train people on the side or start making that a business? Um, and so, Hey, I mean, my mind went in a lot of different directions. I actually contemplated nursing school. Cause I was like, uh, I have most of the credentials. So, um, or, or most of the, um, the educational pieces, I just had to take like a couple more classes and then the NCLEX, but I was like, that's just something that you, cause I was thinking like, what is actually 
needed right now. And it was like, oh, nurses. But I'm like, that's not a good enough reason. Like you need to be passionate about being a nurse to go be a nurse. And so I was like, that's not fair to do that. So um, didn't go that route, but had like really considered applying to schools. So my mind went a lot of different directions, but I think um, ultimately I was like, I really love working with athletes and serving athletes. So I'm going to give this college strength coach thing another go and see if it works. And I had applied and interviewed for a few different positions um, and didn't get some of them and, and ended up getting the one at Miami, which was like wild. There was, they told me when I got here, my boss was like, did you know that there was like 300 applicants? And I'm like, no, I had no idea, but that's incredible. You know, cause you're one in 300 and they picked you like, that's, that says something. And it's like, wow. Okay. Like I really handpicked to like come and serve here now. And so I think that was like pretty clear for me. Um, and, and I felt peace in that. So I think that was my headspace and that, that self-talk as well. We'll be right back. Woodway is a company that has been designing and building treadmills and equipment for the long run since 1974. Each of their treadmills is designed with the revolutionary slat belt running surface, which is both lightweight and durable. It is specifically designed to absorb energy at the point of impact, eliminating harmful shocks to joints and connective tissues. 100% of the NFL, NBA, and MLB teams and 60% of NHL teams utilize Woodway products to optimize their training. Woodway's curved treadmill was released in 2009 and boasts a completely self-powered manual training experience that does not require any electricity. This unique piece of equipment allows athletes to run at any pace they choose and burn up to 30% more calories than the regular treadmill. Other unique offerings from Woodway include the Curve Trainer, Curve XL, Forefront, and Pro Treadmills. Each treadmill offers features that are fit for every athlete. The silent and energy efficient product from Woodway has resulted in 50% electricity savings for owners. If you're looking for equipment that is built to last and will improve and provide each of your athletes an experience like no other, check out Woodway today at woodway.com. Now, I think that's great and it's uh, refreshing because it's, we, our profession definitely needs more coaches like you in there and making sure you're, you're passionate and want to, you know, be here and, and do this whole profession. And I think that's good that you're, you know, you had the, the good headspace and your time, time with God and your faith to get you and keep you in the profession. And I guess my next question would be, what's some advice that you have for the younger strength coach and not necessarily younger in age, but younger in the profession, maybe they're in the thick of their volunteering or there might be a GA or even a first time full-time assistant strength coach. What's some advice that you'd give to that coach? Yeah, I think, um, and I say this because it was not me for the longest time. And it took me a while. I would say honestly, until this year for me to realize it. Um, and I had a good, a good friend, um, Les Spellman, like basically speak this into me where it's like that confidence piece. I was like, you know, I really thought I was confident before, but 
realize some gaps that were there. It's like, no, like you are valuable and you do um, a great job. And it's like, dang, like you, you don't always tell yourself that, you know, like you want to be humble, but sometimes I'm like tearing myself down instead. And I'm like, no, that's not, it's okay to be confident in your abilities. And so I think like the biggest piece of advice is being able to find those things that, you know, this is where I add value. This is, I know, like, I am good at this. You know what I mean? And it's okay to say that, like, it's okay to own your niche. If, if it's Olympic lifts or if it's speed or if it's whatever it is to own, own that and be confident in it and know your value that you bring to the table and don't back down from it. You know, if someone tries to devalue you or if you're trying to extend a service out to someone and it's set at a certain price and they're trying to come down and you're like, no, like I know that this is what I'm worth and this is why. So I think it's, it's awesome because then you're standing on this solid foundation that you believe in your business or who you are and what you have to offer. So I think that's, that's a big piece that I didn't really start like believing, believing until this past year. And it like elevated the game a hundred percent because I'm like, wow, I didn't even know. I think there's parts of us that it's like, there's pieces of people that they don't know is there until they start discovering it or until someone else tells them that it's there. Like, no, that's in you. I don't know if you know that, but that's part of our job as coaches. We do that with our athletes. Like, I don't know if you knew this, but this is what's inside of you and it helps build their confidence. And sometimes as coaches, I think we need mentors and people to speak that into us if we don't believe it for ourselves. No, I, th- I think that's great. And, it, and like you said, it, it kind of bleeds into our coaching, you know, when you're confident in everything, the athletes can see it and then you can help build up the athlete's confidence. I think that that's really good. So how do you go about creating that buy-in with, with the, with the, with the team? And I've not, I've seen just based off your Instagram, you're not afraid to go put it all out there. Like you're like going off the diving board. I'm like, there's no way you'd get a traditional strength coach out there willing to like, luckily you have a gymnastics background. So you have that good, like spatial awareness, but what are some other ways you go about, you know, creating that buy-in with that team. Cause like you said, I, I could tell like the confidence helps out with creating that buy-in. And like the, like I said, the fact that you're willing to jump off a high dive and into the water is pretty impressive as well. But what are some other ways you go about building the buy-in in the weight room? Yeah, I think um, relatability goes a really, really long way. And so even if you have teams or athletes that are nothing like you, like finding some sort of common grounds, like anything that you can grab onto, anything that you can think of. If one athlete you have nothing in common with, but they had a peanut butter sandwich that day and you're like, you know what? I love peanut butter sandwiches as well. Then it's like, okay, cool. You guys can talk about that for a hot minute and that'll might, that might spark something. So I think really grabbing onto anything that's relatable and then on the, that relationship side, but then also the, the physical side on the training side, I, I do what they do. And so, and they know it because I post videos about it as well. Like our generation is very internet heavy as well. Like this is the way things are going, like Instagram, um, TikTok even. And my kids really aren't like on my athletes aren't really on Twitter that much. I don't, not many of them, but Um, if they are, you know, they're seeing content out there too. So I think when I train, I want to be a good example for them. And they're like, they're like, I love that stuff because it's like, 
you're doing what we do and you also know how it feels. And I explained to them too, you have to do this, but then you have to go on and also perform your best at your sport. So I consider that too. So I know how this is going to make me feel the next day, but I don't have to go play soccer. I don't have to go dive off a 10 meter platform. So this is very different. So I, I know how it feels and I scale back as needed um, as well. So they know that, that I'm out here doing, doing it too, because you can talk it, but when you live it out as well, um, that I, that goes a really long way and carries a lot of weight. And I've seen success with that as well. And I think the buy-in piece, when they see that they're getting better and you have the number to prove it, like, and you gas them up a little bit, they love it. You know, it's like, I remember when you front squatted 135, now you're, you just hit 135, say we're on APRE or something and it was slam wrap set and you're hitting 135 full depth for nine reps or something crazy. It's like that used to be, you struggled with one and now you're doing it five, six, seven, eight times. Like, do you understand what that means? And sometimes they're like, no, oh yeah. Wow. You're right. Like that is where I started and this is where I'm at now. So that creates buy-in in the weight room already. You know, it's, yes. it's powerful. No, yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. And I, was going over that with my group of interns is like, you know, I always have them when they first get here, do the workouts of whatever team I'm working with at the time. So I'd be like, you got to understand what we're putting them through. Or if you were designing a program, you need to know what it feels like to do that. And I always will tell them as well, like, Hey, and they're going, they're just coming off of practice or, but they're about to go to practice. So they have all that extra stress. Now, you said you help out with the internship there. What are some things that you look for when with interns coming into your program? And what are some like key takeaways for you know your curriculum that when somebody joins your staff? Yeah, so we're actually working on just building a curriculum in general. Um, there kind of used to be a foundation of one before, from I think previous people on staff were honestly in the midst of building it. Um, I have a pretty good framework so far, just going over like the basics, the concepts, all of that, um, different methodologies, how to program, periodize, how, how to behave as an intern, like as simple as that, you know? So I think um, when, what was your first question on that? Just the, what well, we're looking for? Yeah, like in if, if somebody, this is a good advertisement for you also. If you, somebody were looking to like, try to get out and be one of your interns, what was some you'd be looking for? And then like the curriculum. I think um, some things that we've run into into the in the past is, when we understand, because we've been there too, as an intern, you're trying to figure out, is this what I want to do? You know, is it something that I, I want to do with my life or, Sometimes we have physical therapy students that are like, I just want to see the strength and conditioning side because this is going to help me with physical being a physical therapist. And so we have that uh, as well. And so we're trying to define like what these roles mean because sometimes it's like people just want to observe. And then we have interns that they're like, no, I want to go all in or some people just aren't sure. So I think being um, unsure is okay but we need commitment. We need commitment. If you say you're going to work with swimming three days a week, you're there every session, three days a week. And for the length of it, and you're coming 30 minutes early for setup. And if we need to talk about something on the program beforehand, um, things like that, like those are expectations that we have. 
because sometimes we get people that it's like, oh, this came up, I can't come or, you know, things like that. And I don't mean to say, I don't mean to project my experience on today's day and age of interns that come through. But when I was an intern, we were there 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. for the most part, you know, obviously unpaid volunteer positions. And I know it's a little bit different now. I mean, we're like, hey, a lot of our it's hard for people to move to Miami in general just because of the expenses. So we're understanding and we take a lot of students from our kinesiology department that are wanting an experience in the weight room, like the practical side. And so they have class, they have all these things because they're on campus and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like, hey, if you have class, you can't be there. You know, we have ex- um, um, expect or sorry, exception, sorry to that rule. And so, yeah, like as committed as possible, that's like our first step in where we're at right now. Um, and trying to work with people because a lot of people have to have another job to be able to live here because it's so expensive. So we have to be understanding too, of like, of that piece. Um, so it's, it's hard right now. We're trying to structure it and make it make sense for our location and where we're at. And that be understanding that these people have class. And so it's a work in progress right now. Yeah. We're it and it's, it's tough. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel you on that one, but good, good commitment is always something to look for, but I definitely know. I mean, I'm in right in Denver, Colorado, so it's not as expensive as South beach, but pretty close. So we get a lot of those local kids that are already out here or have family members or someone in the area that they can be there for. Now, what's a piece of advice that you'd give to the female strength coach in our profession? Like I know the predominance of female full-time coaches has increased a lot in the last couple of years but not enough. And we definitely still need very quality coaches that are females, but what's some advice you'd give to a female strength coach listening to this, trying to make her way? Yeah, I think um, it's, I get this question all the time and honestly, I don't, obviously I'm a female, but I don't think about it. I never, I never think about, Oh, how am I going to fit into this situation or that situation? just show up to work and work hard and coach who you need to coach and coach them hard. And that's, that's it. you know, I think like owning, you got to know who you are. You got to know what you value, what your morals are as a human being, male or female and own it, like be confident. Don't be, I mean, at first, you know, unpaid internships, like things like that, you're just finding your footing and that's totally, that that's your time to start building that confidence and finding your voice and that kind of thing. But take time to really be self-aware, like check yourself, know who you are and own it and be confident in that. That's going to carry you so far. <laughs> it's going to carry you so far. I've been in rooms I should not have been in. I've been at sit at, sitting at tables where I'm like, I don't know how I got here, but I'm sitting at the <laughs> table right now. And I don't know why, but, but really thinking about like, no, it's okay. like, I, I can sit at the table, like darn right. Mm -hmm. I have a voice at this table and not letting anyone like speak over you. Like it's okay to be like, if someone talks over you, I've had that happen before. Someone speaks over you and just say, Hey, I was, I was in the middle of my sentence. Is it cool if I finished what I was, my thought process on this, you know, and just like bringing awareness. Cause like 
when that used to happen, I would just not say anything and let the person talk. But it's like, like if that happens, like say something because maybe someone wasn't aware that they were even doing it or whatever. That's just a small example, but um, yeah, not being afraid to just say, Hey, like call those things out in a loving manner, like, and then bring awareness to people so that we can start creating change. But just know, like you have a voice, you deserve a seat at the table and, and own who you are. And that's going to carry a lot of weight and, and bring you to places you never thought you'd be <laughs> honestly. Perch delivers velocity-based training, no strings attached. Perch was engineered at MIT and uses compact 3D cameras to monitor and manage weight room performance without being a distraction. Perch is a VBT built for the 21st century. Attach Perch to any weight rack in minutes. While you lift, Perch uses cameras to passively collect velocity and power data, output in real time, and store it in post-workout analysis. Perch is a revolutionary and innovative sports technology device that enhances workouts, reduces injuries, and saves time. Perch works with every level organization from the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the military, D1 through high school, the private sector, and the home gym. Perch is portable, easy to install, and intuitive to use, making it ideal for every facility and every training goal. No more pre-workout setup, no more wearables, no more broken strings. Set Perch up once, optimize every rep, every set, and every training session. Train with increased precision and measure and manage your progress every step of the way. For exclusive deals and offers, head to perch.fit slash chalk. Again, that's perch.fit slash chalk to check out deals, exclusive offers, and see how Perch can help take your program to the next level. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being a strength coach is difficult. And someone once said on our podcast, we pour so much into helping our athletes become better, but we forget who's pouring back into us to help us become better. Without a healthy mind coaching on the floor, programming and maintaining the juggling act that we call life can be difficult. The good news is the therapists at BetterHelp are here to help you. Therapy can be whatever we want it to be. Maybe you need the tools to help you keep motivated, or maybe you're feeling burnt out from long days in the weight room, or you just need someone to talk to. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist at a time that works for you. We have a very busy schedule as a strength coach, and the last thing we need to do is be driving to an office and sitting in a waiting room. Simply log into your account and message or speak to your therapist from anywhere at a time that works for you. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. BetterHelp also assesses your needs and will match you with one of over 20,000 therapists in their network. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself and make your mind your best asset. We train to keep our bodies strong and resilient. Now it's time to invest in our mental health too. And as a special offer to Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 listeners, you can get 10% off your month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash chalk. That's betterhelp.com slash C-H-A-L-K. And thanks again for BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. 
Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.